Although we should not set up, as the Roman Church has done, a regular and compulsory institution of auricular confession, there should, on the other hand, be voluntary confession so that the heart may be purified and the conscience reconciled with God. Once man is reversed, like a glove pulled off, so that what was inside is turned out and revealed, we have a sign of a real conversion. This was said by Samuel Freilich in 1842 in reference to James 5.16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. We read in Proverbs 28.13, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Ever notice that sometimes we might go to great lengths to keep our brother or sister from really knowing what's inside? Why do we do that? We call each other brother and sister. Is that how a loving family really operates? Don't we, as parents, encourage our children to be open and communicate, to share their struggles with their brother or sister? We know that there will come a day that we won't be on this earth anymore. Sure, we hope to leave them with valuable teachings. But one thing we can give them is each other. Likewise, didn't God give us each other as his family to sit around his table? Do you remember who Jesus said was his brother, sister, and mother? Before our church services, we greet each other with a holy kiss and say, Greetings, brother. Greetings, sister. How are you? I'm thankful, we might say. Or maybe, good, thank God. But what if all the while we're struggling, discouraged, or defeated in some area of our lives? Can we find the courage to use this precious greeting as an opportunity to genuinely ask, how goes the battle, brother? Are you experiencing victory or struggling with defeat? How honest are we before our brothers and sisters? How about before God? When you sing those precious, timeless hymns, such as found in our Zion's Harp hymnal, do you ever pause at the deep and heart-searching thoughts? Do you ever close your eyes in prayer that the words would be true and pleasing from your lips? This vain world's I would never be, dear Lord, but wholly thine, as we sing in hymn 163. Or like hymn number 85, they are unworthy servants who do no more at best than what the laws and commandments require of them than rest. Brothers and sisters, let's turn the gloves inside out. Let's pray like David did. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Remember the account of the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well? 
Jesus promised her living water, a well of water in us of everlasting life, of which we will never thirst again. When she asked for this water, do you remember what Jesus asked of her? He told her, go call your husband. And she said, I don't have a husband. And he said, you're right. And the one you have now, he's not your husband either. He turned her inside out. She couldn't hide from him, but he didn't stop there. He went on to say, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Afterwards, a Samaritan woman who came to the well to get water, she left her water pot behind because she found the living water, the source of abundant life. She went into the city saying, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Don't try to hide from God. Be honest before him. Likewise, let's be honest before our brothers and sisters. Paul tells us in Romans twelve nine. Let love be without dissimulation. And dissimulation here means hiding under a false appearance. Rather, let's confess our faults that we might be healed and strengthened for the labor. If we pull back from self-examination and bearing each other's burdens, we're also resisting the blessing that he desires to give us. Hebrews 3.13 But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Have you ever tried to pull a splinter out of one of your children's hands? If so, how'd that go? Some children really don't like it. It's uncomfortable. You try to explain to them that they'll feel much better afterwards and how dangerous it is to leave it in there. It'll get infected and so on but they're just looking at those metal tweezers and they can't see past it. If you leave a splinter in for too long, your body will actually create a nodule, a a painful non-healing lump, and the problems can get worse from there. If it's never addressed, you can actually die from it. Is there a spiritual splinter in your life that you're trying to avoid? James tells us that if we're drawn away and tempted through lust, when it's conceived... It gives birth to sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren, he says. Let's not become hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Let's exhort one another daily. Confess your faults that ye may be healed. Take a walk with me through Romans for just a glimpse of brotherly love. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor, preferring one another. Be of the same mind one toward another. Let us not, therefore, judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion of fall in his brother's way. And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. 
The idea of admonishing one another is a blessing and should be born out of a pure heart to help your brother, not to accuse him. Way back in Leviticus 19, we read, Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. Do you love your brother enough to rebuke him? Do you love your brother enough to be rebuked? So we know the Bible teaches us, confess your faults. But what if I confessed your faults? What if you confessed mine? How would I take that? I'll tell you what, the first time I can remember someone doing that to me, it was not a pleasant experience. But what they were saying was true. And looking back, there was a blessing in yielding to it, as we can read in Hebrews 12.11. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Back in 1729 in Oxford, England, a group of no more than 25 men asked themselves the following questions every day. This is not my list. These questions, although nearly 300 years old, are as applicable today as they were then. Am I consciously or unconsciously creating the impression that I am better than I really am? In other words, am I a hypocrite? Am I honest in all my acts and words? Or do I exaggerate? Do I confidently pass on to another what was told to me in confidence? Can I be trusted? Am I a slave to dress, friends, work, or habits? Am I self-conscious, self-pitying, or self-justifying? Did the Bible live in me today? Do I give it time to speak to me every day? Am I enjoying prayer? When did I last speak to someone about my faith? Do I pray about the money I spend? Do I get to bed on time and get up on time? Do I disobey God in anything? Do I insist upon doing something about which my conscience is uneasy? Am I defeated in any part of my life? Am I jealous, impure, critical, irritable, touchy, or distrustful? How do I spend my spare time? Am I proud? Do I thank God that I am not as other people, especially as the Pharisees who despise the publican? Is there anyone whom I fear, dislike, disown, criticize, hold a resentment toward or disregard? If so, what am I doing about it? Do I grumble or complain constantly? Is Christ real to me? Prayerfully consider gathering locally to challenge yourselves with these questions or make your own list. Maybe between husbands and wives, small group of brothers or sisters, parents and converted children, just pray for a softened heart and a willing spirit to share and receive so that we, as citizens of Christ's kingdom, would press against the gates of hell and drive back the enemy of our souls.